Pondos Ipatili Prados Kipelegadesh, Man Tokopolo Kosukiti Pelegadesh, Man Takabala Bastin Telebolo Bongosh Kabalabasa, Man Dakabolo Bongosh Kabalaboko Son Telebolo Bongos Kabalagadesh, Man Telebolo Bongosh Telebolo Bongosh Telebolo Bongosh Telebolo Bongosh Telegadesh, Man Takabolo Bongos Kabalagadesh, Man Telebolo Bongosh Telebolo Bongosh Telebolo Bongosh Telebongo Sistelegadesh, Man telebolo bongo shistelebolo 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 bongo Ligos kobolo bongo shkobolo boko son telebelegadesh man telebolo bongo shkobolo boko son te precious name oh how sweet oh perfect and joy of heaven precious name oh how sweet Hello, welcome to Ask Pastor Prince. Thank you for joining us this evening. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that you are going to be blessed this evening. And we have a lot of questions. If you are joining us and you have questions, you have that opportunity to send us questions and we are going to be answering them live right now. And like I said last week, if you are a student of the word, you will definitely have questions. And it's very important that we answer questions so that the hindrances to people's faith will be cleared and so that people will be able to increase in the knowledge of God's will. The scriptures tell us, before I go to my question, the first question, I just want us to look at the scriptures in Job chapter 14, verse 7. Job chapter 14, verse 7. The New Living Translation says that even a, even a tree has more hope. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and grow new branches. And then the King James Version can you take us to the King James Version? Job chapter 14, verse 7. If you are watching me, I want you to stay alert. Follow the teaching of God's word. It's going to help you. It's going to build you up. It's going to teach you what you should do at every given time. At every given time in your life. See? It's very important to know what to do as a Christian. And what we need to do is the word of God. The word of God has been given to us to do it. The word of God has been given to us to know it. The word of God has been given to us to learn it. When we learn, we know. When we know, we do. So we are actors of the word. We are doers of the word. We do God's word. We don't just hear God's word. We don't just write God's word down. No, when we hear the word of God, we hear it for our benefit. The word of God is for our benefit. And it doesn't matter where you find yourself now, the next phase of your life is dependent on how much as a Christian 
the next phase of your life is dependent on how much knowledge that you know and that you practice. That's the next phase of your life. So where you are is not as important as what the word has said concerning you. You see, people are in places where they come down. And people are in places where they go up. You see, if you want to stay up and not come down, you need to be a practitioner of the word. If you want to also move upward from where you are now to the next phase, then you need to be a student of the word of God. The only material that you can depend on, that you can rely on, even in time of crisis, is the word of God. That's the only material or spiritual substance that you can depend on. The scripture says in Job chapter 14 verse 7, it says, for there is hope of a tree. There is hope of a tree. That if it be cut down, that it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Go to verse 8. It will sprout again. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stalk thereof die in the ground. Go to verse 9. Is that not powerful? Yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. Is that not powerful? Take us to verse 7 again. So it says that for there is hope of a tree. There is hope of a tree that if it be cut down that it will sprout again. And then it shows us the condition of the tree. If the tree be cut down you see, if the tree be cut down, there is hope of that tree. What is the hope of the tree? The hope of the tree is the scent of water. Then okay. it tells us that even though the tender branch thereof will not cease, go to verse 8, and even though the root wax old, that is the condition. When the tree is cut down, you see the, the, the root wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground. Because even though the root wax old, and the stock dies in the ground. It says at the scent of water. So it tells us the solution of the cut, the tree that is cut down. Okay. The solution is the scent of water. It's at the scent of water. And the water there represents the word of God. We are washed or cleansed through the, uh, the washing by the water of the word. The Bible says in, the, in Ephesians chapter 5. So it is at the scent of water which is the word of God. So it says when a tree is cut down. At the scent of the word. At the touch of the word. When the tree is cut down. And the tree that is cut down. The, the root is dying. And all of those involved. The stem everything is dying. It says, uh, when, the, when the, the, cut, the tree that is cut down. Comes in contact. With water. It will sprout again. It will bud. And bring forth boughs like a plant. It will sprout again. That tells us that the condition we find ourselves in is not as important as the word of God we know. It is the word of God we know that will cause that condition to change, to be altered. Conditions, situations are altered through the knowledge of God's word. Through the scent of the word. The scent of water. So it is not the situation that matters. Wherever you are watching me from, I want you to understand. It is not where you are right now that matters. You may be the greatest person in your family. That is not what matters. What matters is for you to be sustained great. To have sustenance. 
in that greatness. You may also be a person who is struggling through life. You see, you struggle through life when you are ignorant of God's word. Because when you are struggling through life, it means that you don't know what you should do. What should I do? What you should do is the word of God. But what is very important is that at the scent of water, you have some kind of negative experiences every time. And you have these experiences every time. And you've gone from place to places. The scent of water will change that negative experience. Because it tells us that the tree has been cut down. It tells us the tree is dying. The roots dying. Yet at the scent of water. It will sprout again. So that business that has collapsed, if you want it to sprout again, it needs water. The scent of water. And what is the water? The word. Your knowledge of the word will bring partners to you. Your knowledge of the word will bring helpers to you. Your knowledge of the word will bring clients to you. Your knowledge of the word will cause that supernatural influence of the word to be operational in your life. Such that that which is not in your life now will be pulled towards you supernaturally. The word pulls things towards us. The word pulls opportunity. Why? Because what the word says is what happens. The word of God only causes what it says to happen in our lives. Is that not powerful? And so it's very important that as a Christian, you are a student of the word. Wherever you are watching me from, as a Christian, be a student of the word. When you're a student of the word, you know your future. You know your present. You know what to do. When you find yourself in situations, you will know what to do. When you try to do something and you don't see a change, you will stay in the way to see the change. Is that not powerful? Because you see, when we go to the hospital and we meet a doctor and maybe we are not feeling well and the doctor gives us a prescription, what we do is that we take that, that prescription. When we take it and it doesn't work, that particular prescription, that particular dosage, that particular drug doesn't work, we go back to to him, to the doctor. And he gives us another one that will work. Is that true? Because what we are looking for at that particular time is the dosage or the drug that will work. Not what we are going through. Because when what is, what we work comes in, what, what works, the drug that works comes into contact with whatever we are going through the drug that work will stop whatever we are going through. That is in sickness. Is that not true? That is why you run to your doctor to look for a, a drug, a medicine. The scriptures call the word of God the medicine for our flesh. Mape, medicine. I don't want us to go into all of that. And that tells us that when we study the word of God, we need a change just like the sick person who is going to the hospital. And when you want to see you desire a particular change, or you desire a particular, you may say, I don't desire any change. You des- desire a particular improvement in your life. What you go for is the drag of God's word. Is that true or false? So you take this drag, then you take another one. Then you take another one until you are freed. Nobody says, because I took this medicine, I did not get free, so I let me go and lie down and wait until the sickness. No. So the word of God is our prescription. Yes, yeah, it's our prescription. The same way you take the drug in the morning 
Maybe it's three times, morning, afternoon, evening, you will take it. Because you want to be free. That's the same way you meditate day and night. That's the same way you study day and night. That's the same way you take the word of God serious. You take it as if it is the only thing you need for that change. Because when you take the drug, you take the drug as the, that is the only thing you have now for your change. Is that true or false? It's true. So that is the same you do as a Christian. Christians don't give up. Christians don't give in. Christians fight with the word until there is a change. It is called the fight of faith. And we will talk about it later on. One of the Sundays as we teach on the, we give the message of faith. The fight of faith. We don't give up. It doesn't matter the number of years. We don't give up. What gave Abraham a son was the fact that he did not give up. The word has been spoken and the word that had been spoken had to come to manifestation. So even when he was old, he still held on to the word. Holding on to the word. The word's ability to cause a change. You see, as a Christian, knowing and believing God's, the word's ability to cause a change. Knowing and believing. Not many Christians believe that the word can cause a change. The word of God can produce, or the word of God produces what it talks about. It's very important. And I will, I will teach you certain things very soon. Is that not powerful? But let's go to the questions. Wherever you are watching me from, let us know you are there. Comment. Like. Share with your friends. Invite them to join us. And their life will never remain the same again. It's very important. Now it looks like the church has downplayed the role of the word of God. We have downplayed the role of the word of God. And that's why many Christians are suffering. And many Christians are being deceived. Here and there. Why? Because they are ignorant. Once ignorance steps in, the enemy has the advantage. When a Christian is ignorant, he opens up his door to anything. Is that not powerful? But when a person has knowledge of God's word, he shuts the door to the things he does not want. He becomes a person that permits or does not permit. That is when he stands up based on the word he knows. And says, we do not permit this thing in this house. And it is so. We do permit this thing in this house and it is so. The inherent ability of the word of God. That is why you must not downplay the word of God in your life. That's why you must not take the word of God as something which we just go, we just hear and that is all. No. You are hearing to do. If you have been following us from last week, one of the things I keep saying is that you are hearing what you are hearing to do. If you have not started doing, start today, right now. Lay hands on your business. All the documents concerning your business, lay hands. If you have cars that you used to run the business, lay your hands on the car. That is when you begin to do the word. But you see, you lay hands like that without any word. You become, it's like you are just doing something. What am I even doing? You don't understand. But when you lay hands with the knowledge of God's word, then you see that word manifesting. We are, we are word enforcement agents. The Christian is a word enforcement 
agent of the Godhead. Or of the royal family of God. Do you belong to the royal family of God if you are born again? Then you are the word enforcement agent. Is that not powerful? Just like we have the law enforcement agent in the natural, we have the law enforcement agent in the spiritual. The scriptures calls the word of God the perfect law of liberty. Now, if it is the perfect law of liberty, when it says liberty, it's powerful. Is that not powerful? I don't want to go into certain things today. But it's very important. The perfect law of liberty. So I am an enforcer. I enforce the law of liberty in my life. When I enforce the law of liberty, I walk in that freedom. When it says freedom or liberty, it doesn't mean we are bound. No. It's talking about the release of things in our lives. But because we are all at a particular level of our lives. So the more there is the release of things, the more we are at liberty from whatever we did not have or whatever we had not seen before we released the word. How many of you understand what I just said? It's powerful. And that is the, that is the reason why we do this. It's very important. That is the reason. So that you can, you can be an enforcement, a word enforcement person, agent as a Christian where you lay hands and things happen where you speak forth and things happen when it doesn't happen today you don't give up you go back to that word because the word never fails the scripture says whether they be prophecies they will fail but the word never fails the word of God never fails and if the word of God never fails then it must produce what it talks about in my life before I let it go is that not powerful so we study the word of God in their various themes and faces. And the more we study, the more we draw the word into our spirit. And the more we draw the word into our spirit, the more we do what we have, we have studied. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? This is, yet through the scent of water, it will bad. So if I find myself, what I love about the word of God, oh, say Glory! What I love about the word of God is that it shows you, the word shows you the resolve. The word shows you what you should do and what will happen when you do it. So it says, at the scent of water, it says, it will sprout again. It will bud. It tells us what will be the results. So if that result doesn't happen, we do not give up. We go back to that same scripture that we are practicing until it works. Come on, shout glory. I remember a friend of mine got a new phone, and when he got the new phone, it was not working. And went to the people, went to the shop where he bought it, put his thing inside, went there, made sure they made it work before he left. Is that not powerful? Because he knows he bought the right phone, and it works. So if it is not working for him, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Is that true or false? He took it to the place until it worked. It, the reason why it was not working was not because of the phone. The reason why it was not working was because he did not know much about the phone he had bought. Is that not powerful? So the problem is not with the word. The problem is how much you know of that same scripture. Did you hear what I just said? How much you know of that same scripture? 
Is that not powerful? Glory. Say glory. So you know what it means that you need the word of God to sprout again. You need the word of God to remain where you are. The word. Just let the word of God dwell in you in abundance. Richly. In abundance. Not scarcely. So you can have the word of God in you scarcely. And you do not see the results. So is that not powerful? So you soak the word. You soak the word. You drive the word of God into your spirit. You drive the word of God into your soul. You drive the word of God into your body, your body parts, your members. Until you are so full of God's word that there is nothing that comes against you that you cannot stop. That you cannot change. Come on, shout glory. glory. So as a Christian, be a student of the word. As a Christian. Desire to study the word of God as a Christian. Is that not powerful? Desire to study the word of God as a Christian. Desire to study the word of God. Where you see knowledge, you go for it. You see, where you see knowledge, you go for it. It's not just where you see testimonies. It's not just where you see manifestations. No, where you see knowledge, you go for it. Come on, shout glory. Glory. Is that not powerful? The confirmations of the Spirit in our life is dependent on the word of God that we have. And the Lord was working with them. Confirming his word with signs and wonders. So there is what we call spiritual or divine confirmation. When the word of God is being confirmed in our lives. It's been manifested in our lives. But it says that they went, and, they, went, they went and preached everywhere. And God also, that is the Holy Spirit. God also working with them and confirming his word with signs and wonders. When you know so much of the word of God and you are looking for the fruit of the womb, you will carry the fruit of the womb. You can pray so much, it's good. But when you know so much of the word of God, the answers to your prayer come speedily. Because the answers to your prayer comes through the Spirit. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? Shout glory. So when your business is down and you have the word and you carry the word of God which is in your spirit into that business and you sit down like this, it means that that business is about to respond to the word in your spirit. Maybe it is small. That small business is about to respond. To respond. To respond. Say respond. It's about to respond to the word of God that you've carried into the business. That, that, that family is about to respond. That womb is about to respond. Your finances about to be res- to, to respond to the word of God that you have in your spirit concerning finances. So when you don't have any word concerning finances, then you say, I gave my tithes and I've been giving and I've been giving. Because you don't have the word in your spirit. I'll teach you how to get the word into your spirit. I'm trying to tell, tell you the word's ability to change things. I was, I, was, I was asked to pray for a woman, to minister to a woman who was very sick. And, and the woman had been carried to us by the son. And when they came, she was very sick. And she's gone from place to place, hospital to hospital. And they, they couldn't detect exactly what was 
What was wrong with her? Then she was carried to us. I took my Bible and I opened the scriptures. Himself took our sicknesses and bore our infirmities. That's the scripture I raised. And I told her that, do you speak English? She said, yes. The son was with, with her. I said, do you also speak English? He said, yes. I said, do you know what it means when we say him, he himself took our infirmities? He said, he was looking at me. I said, it means that Jesus bore that sickness you are carrying. And if Jesus carried that sickness, he carried it so that you don't carry it. Is that true or false? And I said, if, you, if I carry this one from here, will you come and meet it there? He said, no. I said, you are free. That was all. A few months after that, when we came in contact with the woman again, we had gone to, we had met the woman again in the same place. And she had become so fat. She had put on weight. We couldn't recognize her. The woman who called, who invited her said, do you remember this woman? We said, no. Said, this is the woman who came with the son and you people ministered to her. Their word canceled that sickness. Her understanding of the word, that was all. Sometimes it takes that to, to, to come to a realization that what you are carrying has been carried Amen. by someone else who loved you and gave himself for you. Amen. Is that not truth? He just said you are sanctified through the word that I speak unto you. You are sanctified. So wherever you are watching from, you are sanctified. You are sanctified. The word sanctified means to be set apart. So when we say you are sanctified, through the word I speak on this, you are set apart. Your business is set apart. Hallelujah. Where demons were chasing you, because you are sanctified tonight, the demons will come and meet you set different, distinct, set apart. Is that not powerful? So it's very important as a Christian, go for the word. Go for the word. Imbibe the word. Meditate on the word. Have the word of God in you. Not for you to preach it, for you to live it. Because we live by the word. We make a living by the word. We practice the word of God. You have a shop with other people in the same area and they don't have customers, you also don't have customers. You make a difference there with the word you know. Is that not powerful? You make a difference. We make difference through the word of God. Amen. So let your hunger and your thirst be after God's word. It's very important. When you see us, teach the word of God. Do not pass by. Listen and re-listen and re-listen until what you've heard becomes a part of you. Is that true or false? I say it every time that the food that is on the table will not get into your belly. Will it get into your belly? Will you be satisfied because there is a food on the table? You will only be satisfied when you eat the food. And then the potency and the nutrients of the food on the table becomes a part of your body when it gets into your body. Is that true or false? The one who does not eat over and over will be malnourished. But the one who eats over and over will be made fat. Is that true or false? But when the word is on the table, it will not produce results. That time you use to play other things. Use that time to study the word of God. And draw that word into your spirit. 
draw that word into your soul where your mind is renewed then you'll be stirred up to practice the word God's glory Glory. we are answering our first question is that not powerful you just heard something you heard something just let us know you just heard something if this is the only thing you just hear tonight you are good to go shout glory shout powerful glory we are answering our first question wherever you are just lift up your right hand and pray in the Holy Ghost Mushata Akos Efali Atosi Akataya Mintokobo Shifratoskata Mintokobo Sikiti Pralagadosh Mantelengosh Adabalagosh Ilegu Shavraligos Ebelegadesh Mantekebolo Bongos Kustele Bongos Kustele Belegadesh Mantele Bongos Kapalaba Sentele Belegadesh Come on, shout, shout glory. Whoever you are, I want you to comment. Let us know you are there. You've joined us live. And you are going to be blessed. We are answering our first question from Samuel. Samuel says, man of God, good evening. Please, what does it mean when the Bible says, holy men of God were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write the Bible? Is that not powerful? What does that mean? What does it mean when the Bible says holy men of God were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write the Bible? Powerful. Can you take us to First Peter chapter 1 verse 21? First Peter says holy men of God. So it's very powerful. I want to take you to that scripture, two scriptures as I, as I explain that. Oh, The scriptures Amen. First Peter chapter 1 verse 21. Is that not powerful? You see, the scriptures or the scripture was not written by men ordinarily. The scripture was not written by men ordinarily. Amen. Ordinarily. It couldn't have. I've said that the word of God is God speaking to us. And because the word of God is God speaking to us, for God to speak to us through his word, he had to, the word had to be written by men through what we call the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's what the scripture refers to as the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Say it to the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And what is the inspiration of the Holy Ghost? What is the inspiration of the Holy Ghost? What is the inspiration? The scripture says, all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable. Take us to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. Oh, thank you. I want to, I don't just want to explain, I want to explain so that all will understand. When you ask a question, you ask it for all of us. Is that not powerful? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that not powerful? 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, that is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Inspiration there means a communion or a communication between the human spirit and the spirit of God. Amen. Inspiration there means a communion or a communication, a communication between the human spirit and God. When we say you are inspired by God, there are different kinds of inspiration. You can be inspired by someone. Amen. When you are inspired by God, it means that God spoke to your spirit. That's what it means. It means that the spirit of God spoke to your spirit. So we are inspired to prophesy. To prophesy means to speak words of the spirit. You see, to speak the word of God. So we are inspired to prophesy. We are inspired to teach. That inspiration is a communication in our spirit. A communication to our spirit by the Holy Spirit. So when we say a person has been inspired by God, it means a person has been spoken to by God. That's what it means. So when it says that all scripture is given and by inspiration of God, it means that the scripture was spoken to the spirit of man to be written. So what we see written in black and white and in red were written by inspiration. It means that the men did not just think about something and they wrote it down. They couldn't have. When you study the word of God carefully, when you study the word of God carefully, you would know when you study, I'm not talking when you just read one scripture. When you decide to sit down and do studies on the word of God, you will come to a realization that what has been written down is not a fable. It's not a story. The accuracy of God's word. The what? The accuracy of God's word. You see it there. Amen. So when he talks about the inspiration, men inspired, you see, men wrote it by the inspiration of God. Why? Because it was God communicating what he is, who he is, what he knows to men. And men had to write that in their language, in their vocabulary. But they need to be inspired to write. So, for instance, as a teacher of the word, I'm inspired to teach. You hear what I just said? I'm inspired to write notes. I have a lot of things that I write down by inspiration. Through the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Ghost teaches me, I'm inspired by the teachings of the Holy Ghost from within my spirit to write. You hear what I'm saying? So it is the same way. Those of us who study the word and we write notes and all that, we have this inspiration coming every time. And that is the same way they had that inspiration coming to them to write down what happened and they wrote them down. That is why the word of God is, another translation says is God breathed. Or is the Holy Ghost breathed. It's the breath, it's through the breath of the Spirit. That is the Spirit of the Lord within men. Speaking to the human spirit of man. The Holy Ghost is God. You heard what I just said. And the Holy Ghost resides in our spirits. And because the Holy Ghost resides in our spirits, He is in our spirit as a God person. Is that not powerful? As a God person to speak to our spirit. To communicate to our spirit. And for our spirit, our spirit man, to communicate to him. It's an experience. 
is an experience. Is that powerful? So when it says that by the inspiration, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's saying all scripture was spoken to the spirit of man to be communicated or was communicated from God into the human spirit to be written. I always say that when you are... Oh, is this not powerful? I always say that there is a thinking in the mind and there is a thinking in the heart. Amen. Amen. We hear from our spirit. We hear God from our spirit. We don't hear God through the notice board that you read outside. We hear God from our spirit. That is the New Testament. So the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirits. And one of the most important reasons why the Holy Spirit is in our spirit is for His ministry. We are now in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit where the ministry of the Holy Spirit is at work in our spirits in our, in our, is at work in our lives he calls that the ministry of the Holy Ghost so when Jesus was going he says when the Holy Ghost comes he, he shall teach you all things he actually said see he was telling the disciples is this unpowerful he says I have many things to tell you so it is not that men were moved like a movement no there is a moving of the spirit upon a man Oh, is that powerful? There's a moving of the spirit. The person. And it's a God person. Is that powerful? So Jesus talked about the ministry of the Holy Ghost. He says, He shall teach you all things. He says, I have many things to tell you. That was what Jesus said. But see, Jesus was limited. Because he was the only one carrying the Holy Spirit in his time. So when he was walking on the earth, he was the only one having the Holy Spirit within his spirit. So he was limited. He could not communicate the way he wanted. That's why I said that sometimes when you study the scriptures, you study the gospels, you cannot have a a true understanding of the person of Jesus or the person of God or even the church in the gospels. I said it last, last Sunday. I said it. You can have a full comprehension of God of the person of God, of his Christ. The Bible calls it the mystery of God, of his Christ and his church, which is his body. Amen. Amen. And that is why, after he is directed, he breathed into the nostrils, he breathed unto them, he said, receive ye the spirit. And the Bible says, then open up their understanding. The disciples had walked with him all this while, but they did not have that understanding. He had, because they had not received the Holy Ghost he had received. Do you understand what I'm saying? So after his resurrection, when the Holy Ghost had been given, or now the Holy Ghost has been given, the Holy Ghost is inside of us to minister to our spirits. So he was telling the disciples, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot do what? Bear them now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he shall teach you all things. So the greatest teacher on this earth is the Holy Spirit. And he, he teaches us through our spirits because he resides in our spirits. So when he taught the men, the men wrote them down. He inspired them. He revealed to them. See, the spirit of revelation works through inspiration. The spirit of wisdom works through inspiration. You are inspired. You are stirred in your spirit to write. And it's real. Amen. That is why the one who can teach us the word of God is the same Holy Ghost. 
He spoke to them to write and he teaches us when we study. <laughs> that is why you can't play around with the Holy Ghost. Is that, is that powerful? Second Peter. Second Peter rather. Is that not powerful? Chapter 1 verse 21. Oh. And you see what he said? This is all scripture is given by inspiration of God. This, and it's profitable. It's what? Profitable to who? To the one who knows it. So the scripture is written by inspiration and it's not profitable to God. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? I said it, I said, the word of God was with God. It is his word. It is his word. Why will he give us his word? Why will he inspire men to write down his word? So that we can receive the same benefit that he receives when he practices his word. The same profit. Is that not powerful? For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke this as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The word move he talks about is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They were moved. There is a way the Holy Spirit moves in, in your spirit. He lives in your spirit. There is a way that movement is talking, it's a stirring of your spirit. It's a divine stirring of your spirit. Where all of a sudden you are sitting down watching the television and you are stirred in your spirit. And you move, you stand up, you go, you carry your Bible and you begin to study and to write down notes. As the Holy Ghost ministers to your spirit. As the Holy Ghost teaches you. It's a stirring. Because it's the moving of the spirit within your spirit. Is that not powerful? So when it talks about the inspiration or the scripture being written by inspiration and it talks about for prophecy and nobody can prophesy by himself. When you prophesy by yourself, you prophesy wrongly. Because we don't prophesy by the will of man. We prophesy by the will of God. Through the Holy Spirit. Is that powerful? And that's why we have to study the word of God. The word of God is God's word to us. The word of God is God's word to me. The word of God is God's word to you. And it was by inspiration of God. You see? And it's very important. Those of us who are students of the word have these inspirations every time. You are inspired. Sometimes you are, you, are, you are holding your phone. You may not even be, you are just holding your phone and you see this inspiration, this tearing, and you begin to just write things down. So you're always writing notes down on your phone, writing down notes down your iPad, writing notes down in your books. You are inspired to write them. Write them down as the Holy Spirit explains, expounds the scriptures, reveals the things to you. So Paul said he wrote what he wrote by revelation of the Spirit. That is by inspiration. It's by inspiration that the word is revealed. And then you write it down. And that is why when we practice the word of God, we see results. When people go to the hospital and they see it's kidney failure and your kidney is like this and like that and the doctors don't know what to do and you come and we minister the word to you and we pray for you and then the word of God creates a new kidney for you. Is that not powerful? That's the potency of God's word. The reality of God's word happening in your body. Come on, shout glory. So Samuel, that is it. You are inspired 
to write. That inspiration is a communication between the Spirit of God and the human spirit. Child glory. Child glory. I'm answering another question from Ezekiel. Ezekiel says, Thank you very much, man of God. I was really blessed by last Sunday's message. It's good you were blessed. You are welcome. It says, Pastor, please, what do I do when my faith doesn't seem to work? Is that not powerful? What do I do when my faith doesn't seem to work? What do you do when you put the faith, your faith to work and it doesn't seem to work? What do you do? Faith always works. Amen. Amen. Faith works. When you put your faith to work and it doesn't work, it means that there is a problem. That problem is not necessarily with God. That problem is with your faith. You see, faith works through love. Is that powerful? Can we go to that scripture? Faith that works by love. Is that powerful? Oh. Is that not powerful? Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. Is that not powerful? For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. So when your your faith is not working, check your love. Place a check on your love. That is your agape, the love of God that is in your spirit. Are you walking by love? How do you know that you are walking by love? You can know when you are walking by love when you study 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You understand what I'm saying? The scripture says love covers multitudes of sins. That's what the scriptures say. Love forgives. That's what the scriptures say. So when you're harboring unforgiveness, you're harboring bitterness, your faith does not work. You do catch what I just said. So one of the major factors for the working of faith, the outworking of faith, because faith is within your spirit. And I said, I said it is like if you listened, Last week, I said it, that faith is a possession in the New Testament. Faith, the God kind of faith, is a possession. And he says, if you have that kind of faith, you can move things. You can do things. But he says, when your faith is not working, it may be that you are not working by, you are not walking by love. Is that powerful? He says, and do I have the, that's First Corinthians chapter 13. And there are a lot of things concerning love. The scripture says the one that does not walk in love, it says that it's, it's like a medra. So, faith, love, your work of love enables your faith to work. Because the faith you have is the God kind of faith. And the love you have, which is translated agape, the different kinds of love. There is brotherly love and there is the God kind of love. Amen. The God kind of love is translated agape is the God kind of love. So the God kind of faith needs the God kind of love to work. Did you hear what I just said? So if your faith is not working, the first factor to consider is to consider whether you are working, you are walking, sorry, by love. 
the God kind of love. Amen. Amen. So he says that, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, listen, is that not powerful? And though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not love, he says, I am nothing. Think about it. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. This verse 1 says that, And though I speak in tongues, I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. Means I'm making noise. If I'm not walking in love, and I'm speaking in tongues and all that, it says that it is just like I'm making noise. It has no impact. So your speaking on, of tongues has impact when you're walking in love. Think about it. You hear what I just said? You're speaking in tongues. Your prayer life, that's what he's saying, has impact when you walk in love. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, I have the gift of prophecy. I can prophesy. Is this not powerful? The gift of prophecy is different from the gift of revelation. But the gift of revelation functions through prophecy also. Amen. Because if the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries, think about it. I understand all mysteries. And I understand all knowledge. And though I have all faith, say all faith, so that I could remove mountains and I do not have love, I am nothing. So think about it. So what do you work on? Your love. Your work of love. Where you can walk in forgiveness. Where you can walk in what? Forgiveness. And what does this say, verse 3? I don't have time to go into all of this today. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be bent and have not love, it profits me nothing. Verse 4. And it comes to explain what love is. Love is long-suffering. Love is also... You have to check, do an examination on your work of love. And the second thing, I have a message like that, which I'll be teaching, I've taught already. I'll be teaching again on the boosters of faith. What makes faith work? You see, one important thing is knowledge. Your faith doesn't work when you're ignorant. But what will your faith, your faith work on? Faith, you see, when you say you are walking by faith, it means you are acting on something. It means you are acting on the word of God. It means you are putting the word of God to work. So the God kind of faith puts God's word to work. So when you say that mountain removed from here to there, you are saying that as a result of your knowledge of the word of God. So you have faith. But it is the knowledge that you have that causes that faith to work. It is knowledge that provokes you to put your faith to work. For instance, I talked about the woman who was sick. You understand? She was a Christian. She had the faith. But when the knowledge came, she got to know why she shouldn't carry that, uh, that sickness any, anymore. Amen. Amen. So the knowledge of God's word stimulates our faith. The knowledge of God's word provokes our faith. Why am I facing disappointments here and there? Whilst the Bible says that for the path of the righteous is as a shining light, light sorry, 
that shineth more and more or brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. Did you catch what I just said? The scripture, scripture says that I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. And then you met, you don't just say recite it or quote it. This is powerful. There is a difference between quoting scriptures and knowing scriptures. Did you know what I just said? There's a difference between quoting scriptures and knowing scriptures. There's a difference between even quoting scriptures and believing the scripture. Many Christians quote their scriptures back to God. And let me correct that here. We don't quote, quote scriptures back to God. Is that not powerful? Jesus did not quote scriptures back to God. Is that what he did? When he said it is written, he was referring to the enemy. He was drawing the enemy's attention to the fact that he is, he is not ignorant. Because it was a temptation. He was being tempted. So he was telling the enemy that it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. It is written. He was not telling God that it is written. But you see, we have confused the two. So we quote the word to God. Father, your word says that. And because your word says that, do something. Kalabo asete elekos. In the New Testament, we are the ones who do the word. I must say this until it enters your system. You understand what I'm saying? In the New Testament, we the Christians, we are that's why I started with the word enforcement agents. We are the ones who do the word. We do what the word says. The word says give and it shall be given unto us. We do giving. We do what? We do giving. He says pray. We do prayers. We don't quote it to him. Did you hear what I just said? He says cast out devils. We do casting out. <laughs> Is that not powerful? And it takes our faith to do. That faith is in you. So when you have knowledge, you have to, let me give you an example. Oh, is this not powerful? You know the authority that you have as a Christian. You know the authority that you have in the name of the Lord Jesus. Authority over devils. I say it every time. You know the scripture says that for he has delivered you from the power of darkness and has translated you to the kingdom of his dear son. That is what God has said to you. Maybe you are watching me, you did not know. Oh, is this not powerful? I taught something on, on the correlation between prophecies and the word of God. Maybe one day I will teach it here. It's very important. Therefore, he has delivered us. Who is the us? Us. From the power of darkness. Or from the kingdom of darkness. Or from the dominion of darkness. Or the domain of darkness. And has translated us. The word translate means to transfer. That is Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Or verse 14. It says that, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So there has, when you got born again, you've been transferred. Come on. When you are in Ghana, you can't experience what the people in US are experiencing. Because you have been transferred. When you are transferred from the states to the nation of Ghana, you don't experience, do you experience? Then you know this word. That is the word to you. Yet, as a Christian, you have faith. The faith is a gift. The measure of faith. 
I've said that you don't need a greater faith to do greater things. Why don't you need a greater faith to do greater things? Because faith is constant. Knowledge increases. Why? It says if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. As a grain of mustard seed. You shall say to this mountain. You have faith how? As a grain of mustard seed. As little as the mustard seed is. It can move a mountain. So if, if the mustard seed faith can move a mountain, what did you need great faith for? Because it can move a mountain. So that mustard seed faith is great faith. But you see, you are not seeing great results because you don't have great knowledge. It talks about increase in knowledge. So you know, like what I'm saying, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. Oh, Maladaka Santa Alabadosh into the kingdom of his dear son. So where are you right now? In the kingdom of his dear son. Now if I am in the kingdom of status, who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Who has delivered us to deliver means what? To take out from. From the power of darkness. From the what? He did not just deliver us from the power of darkness. He delivered from the power of darkness. But he did not stop there. And translated us. If he had just delivered us from the power of darkness, then we will still be accessible by darkness. Because he just delivered us. And we are there. Is that true or false? So the same power of darkness will come against us. And he did not end there. This end has translated us. That word translate is very powerful. To carry from one place to another place. To, to carry from, to convey from one kingdom to another kingdom. Then you have issues with demons. And you, you stumble on this scripture. And your faith is always in you. What do you do? That's why I said the word of God God's speaking to you. You take, have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Maladosh. Enough of all this nonsense of the devil. I have been delivered from the power, power, say power, power. of darkness. That is one scripture. The more you know these scriptures, the more you put it to work when the need arises. You hear what I just said? We don't need to plead the blood, plead as if we are afraid of some devil. No. It says, In my name you shall cast out devils. In my name, you shall cast out devils. What do you do with that devil that is tormenting you? You cast him out. Wow, you meditate on that scripture. You think about in my name. Jesus said it. He said it to me. He didn't say it to your pastor. Is the word of God for the pastor? The word of God is for the Christian. Is that not powerful? That is the practicality of God's word. Where you wake up one night in anger and say enough is enough. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command that devil that has been tormenting my finances to come out. In the name of Jesus, you cannot stay. And you say it until he has left you, left the finances. You say it today, some demons will just go at once. Some will resist. What do you do? You, you check inside the same scripture again. You look at it. This is God. God will not come and practice that word for you. One scripture that stirs me every time I talk about this is 
when he says that he has raised us up and made us to sit, it is far above all principalities and powers. Mention the name of that demon. We are far above. In Christ. In the name of Jesus, we are far above. So I've been going through frustration and I suspect that it's somebody that this. Is this not powerful? It is time to do something as a Christian with the word of God that you know. It is time to know to do. You know what I'm saying? So your faith will work through this knowledge. I mean, that's what I just said. You are watching me and your faith is not active. You have to make your faith active. You don't need your faith to grow. So some Christians are waiting. Say, when my faith grows, like this man of God, then I will do something. Then they are waiting. What you need is an activation of your faith. Okay. You activate your faith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You do what? You activate, activate your faith. How do you activate your faith? By putting it work. You understand? By looking for the knowledge that corresponds with what you want to see. See what I just said? You look for the knowledge that corresponds with what you want to see. Okay, okay. I've said it over, over that when God looks at the Christian, he doesn't see anyone barren or fru- unfruitful. No, no, sir. In business. Hey. Is that not powerful? The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Ah. Like a cedar in Lebanon. It says, whatsoever you do it shall prosper. It's not strange. Whatsoever you do it, what will make it prosper? What will make whatsoever you do it prosper? The influence of the Spirit. Oh. Come on, shout glory. If you follow us on Ask Pastor Prince, you will be doing things in your home. Your testimony will be that somebody came and heard some of these things and the child was on the hospital bed dying. And they have done everything. People were dying. The child was there waiting to die. The guy said, I took the message like I would take a tool. I took the word. Laid hands on the child. The child, you leave. He didn't need his his faith to grow for many years. He had just heard that message. And had come to realize. See, the word of God gives us an awareness. The word of God brings to us what we call an awareness. Uh, Word realization. So you come to become, you become aware. See, awareness is important too. Realization. Coming to the realization of something. Awareness. He became aware that he had faith. And became aware that as a Christian he has authority. Do you know what I just said? So those things you've been going through, I've said I've been going through disappointment when disappointment, and going, what have you been waiting for? And you've been crying to God to do His word in your life. Meledosh. Do you know the present position of the Christian? The present current position of the Christian. I don't have time to show you that. Is that not powerful? So you don't sit down and cross your legs. No. You do something with the word of God. So Christians who just quote scriptures to God, God, your word says, please do it in my life. Please do it. It is written. As it is written, they are reminding God of the word he gave us. We, he must remind us of, God as the scripture says, the Holy Ghost shall bring us unto the remembrance of all things. We are the ones who need remembrance. 
God doesn't need to remember his word because he knows his word. He, he is the word. <laughs> so we are the ones to remember the word to put it to work. And we must, we must study the word to the point where we don't remember it. Do you remember to say A, B, C, D? When somebody says, what is one plus one, will you remember to say? It has become a part of you. But some of us, what we do, if you're a lawyer or you're a doctor or something, you don't, you, you don't seem to remember something. It, it, it looks like it's your life. Quoting the law or prescribing what medications, knowing their symptoms and all that. You don't go to open your, when the patient comes, then you now go to open. Many Christians are like that. When the patient comes, they are now going to open. But as a Christian, you don't have to remember. So if you are in the remembrance stage, you move higher. See, we are growing until Jesus comes to take us. We don't reach a stage where we've arrived. <laughs> we don't arrive in knowledge. Even though we become what the, the scriptures call a perfect man. Wanting nothing. But we don't relent. We don't do what? We don't relent. So it's very important. Don't quote your scriptures to God. And I've said it before, but I can't, I can't explain that here. And even between quotations or quoting scriptures and confessing scriptures, there's a difference. Very big difference. And there's a difference between faith confessions or faith confession and positive confession. They are not the same. I've said these things over and over. Maybe you are hearing me for the first time. Is that not powerful? So don't, just don't be a Christian who is praying and say, God, your word say, it's like Christians who pray and they say, God, speak to my situations for me. God, speak to my situations. This is the situation I've brought before you. Speak to it. Kelemosa. Your mouth is given to you to speak. Jesus spoke. There is nowhere in the Gospels where Jesus was now saying, Father, please speak to this. Father, your word says, do this. See, we have become weak and timid Christians through ignorance. You have not become active Christians. Is that true or false? We are raising active Christians. Christians who are activating the word. Christians who are plugged into the word. When you hit them hard, what will come out is the word. Though he slays me, yet will I follow. He says, I have valued your word more than my necessary food. I have valued your word more than my necessary food. So the more of the word in you, the more your faith is active. Because you have to know what to use your faith to do. You have to know, what am I going to use my faith to do? What, 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 what must I use my faith to do? What you must use your faith to do is the word. What if you don't know the word? You see that? But you see, as you study the word of God, you will be shocked. You'll be stirred to do things. You'll be stirred. You may not have any situation. You just call your children. There are times we just call our children. We are stirred with the word. We lay hands on them. We say, child, your memory is blessed. We are inspired by the spirit. We st- the memory of the righteous is blessed. Then we are so stirred by that scripture. You lay hands on your children. So your memory is blessed. Your memory is blessed. Your memory is blessed. That's it. You live in health. You live to fulfill prophecies. You live to fulfill prophecies. 
You live to fulfill God's plan for you. You speak like that. Maybe you don't even have anything to speak. Speak to your children. Is that not powerful? But all these things work when you have knowledge. When you have light of God's word. Is that not powerful? So join, follow us on our faith series and I tell you by the time we are done, you will be raising dead people back to life. You'll be raising dead things back to life. You'll be commanding things. Is that not powerful? Be commanding. You are a spiritual commander. In the name of Jesus. Is that powerful? So if your faith doesn't seem to work, go for knowledge. Walk in love. That's the two I'll give you out of five. Start with the two. And a lot of great things will begin to work. Is that not powerful? The next question. The next question says, Hello, Pastor. Hello, Pastor. I have been blessed by your teachings. Thank you for bringing God's word to us. You are welcome. Please, please, I want to know, when a person is praying to God, must it be in the name of Jesus? Is that not powerful? It's powerful. I hope you are enjoying yourself. You are just enjoying the word. Enjoy, enjoying the word. Says, I have valued your word more than my necessary food. The word of God is quick and sharp. Powerful. As I'm speaking right now, the word of God is coming into your spirit. The Holy Ghost is ministering the word, bringing you understanding of what I'm saying. In the name of Jesus. Call your friends, let them join us. Tell your family people, let them join us. Your loved ones. Your colleague workers, let them join us. Their life will never remain the same again. Amen. Amen. Thank you for bringing us this. I want to know when a person is praying to God, must it be in the name of Jesus? When a person is praying to God, it depends on that person. Amen. But when a Christian is praying to God, when a Christian is praying to God, this is when a person is praying to God. You understand? When a Christian is praying to God, that Christian is first of all a Christian because of Jesus. Is that true or false? You are a Christian, that means that you are like Christ. Is that powerful? Is that powerful? So you are like Christ. You are born again. You belong to Christ. If you are praying to God, who is your father, you pray to him, in his name that he has given to Jesus and the church. So he says, through Jesus we have access to the Father. When we are baptized, we are baptized into the name of Jesus. The scripture says that because of our time, I don't want us to just go into a lot of scriptures one by one. For as many that have been baptized into Christ, he says, have put on Christ. So we have put on Christ like we are wearing a cloth. In fact, the Christian is living currently, presently. The Christian is not only functioning in the name of Jesus. The Christian is living in the name of Jesus. Glory. You hear what I just said? Yes, sir. So we are living in his name. 
It says, whatever you do in word or in deed, is that powerful? It says, do in the name, or do it in the name of Jesus. So whatever we do, oh, are you guys following? Whatsoever we do, in word or in deed, we do it in the name of Jesus. So we sing in the name of Jesus. We travel in the name of Jesus. We speak in the name of Jesus. We sleep in the name of Jesus. That's why I say a Christian is a sleeping lion. When you sleep, you sleep in the name. Do you know what that means? The name of Jesus. Wherefore, God also, you see, we quote these scriptures. Sometimes we recite them. But we don't take them serious. We don't have them with us. Is that not powerful? It says that, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. That are the name of Jesus. So to live in the name of Jesus is to live in the highest name. In heaven, on this earth, and in hell. You live in that name. So without even saying in the name of Jesus, come out. By just saying, come out, it's enough for the devil to respond. Because you talking. You are talking in the name of Jesus. Is that not powerful? So when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. That name has been given to us to have access. That person, it is through the person who bears that name that we have access to the Father. Says, I am the way. I am what? The way. So through him, we have access, what? To the Father. To speak to the Father. So we pray, or we speak to the Father in his name. Someone shout glory. glory. And you see, our presence on this earth, we are here on this earth as his representative. And he is here, he's in heaven on our behalf. Did you catch what I just said? And you see, all the things you ever need is in his name. So anyone baptized in the name of Jesus is baptized in all the things that Jesus is called the heir of all things. That's what the Bible calls him. The heir of all things. The father loves the son and has given him to be the heir of all things. The owner of all things. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. If Jesus pulls the moon like this, something will happen. And he can pull it. He wouldn't do it now. And he said the scriptures, in some days to come, he will. When the sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light. Because Jesus said so. When Jesus tells the moon not to give light, they will never give light. (laughs) Come on, think about it. That's what it means when it says, I will show signs and wonders in heavens above and the earth beneath. Come on, shout glory. glory. So that name has been given to us has been bestowed upon us. So that through his name we have access to the Father. Jesus said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, says, I will do it. And says, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, says, I will give it to you. You shall ask how? In my name. 
In his name. And remember what I said? I said that whatsoever we do in word or in deed. He says we do it in the name of Jesus. So when you sit down, you sit in the name of Jesus. Think about it. When you are traveling, you are traveling in the name of Jesus. When you understand the name of Jesus, not in the traveling that something is about to happen that you say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lego shatter. You are traveling in the name of Jesus. Any person who carries the Holy Spirit carries the name of Jesus. And I always say that when we pray, our Father hears, answers are granted through the Holy Spirit that is in us. We are in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. We are in the times of the Holy Ghost. The church is in the dispensation, or the church of Jesus is in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. In the time, the season of the Holy Spirit. Is that not powerful? The Father is working through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is working in his church, or through his church, through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. You should think about it. So we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Is that not powerful? powerful? So when we pray in the name of Jesus, the person who answers is the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important we work with the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who knows your present level. It's the Holy Spirit who knows that when he gives you one million dollars right now, what will you do with it? He knows your level of knowledge and growth spiritually. <laughs> he knows your motive. He knows the intent of your heart. Is that not powerful? So we ask in the name of Jesus. We receive in the name of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Come on, shout glory. So if you are a Christian, that's why if you are, if you say a person, a person, anybody can pray to anything. Some people pray to trees. Kalondos attire. Is that not strange? But when we pray as Christians, we pray in the name of Jesus. There are a lot of scriptures. Because it is through him that we have access to the Father. It is his name, you see, that the Father responds to. When the Father responds to his name, answers are granted through the Holy Spirit. It is through his name it is his name that his father hears. When we say in the name of Jesus, the father hears. But it's the father who gave him that name. <laughs> is that not powerful? And has raised him like that. And we have been joined with him. And he is the head. So through the, the name of the head, we have access to the father. Is that not powerful? So when you want to pray, you pray in the name of Jesus. When you want to demand the release of something, you demand it in the name of Jesus. That is the name we've been given. Says, I bow, I, I bow my knees unto the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. So the family in heaven, we have a family in heaven. And we have the family of Jesus also on this earth. We are here. A glorious family, a royal family. 
So Paul was praying that I bow my knees unto the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. What is that name? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the name of the Father. Ah. Come on, shout glory. glory. Is that not powerful? If you are getting blessed, shout a big glory. glory. I want to see glory on the comment section. You are receiving answers. You are seeing a lot of things. Amen. Is this not powerful? Can you just speak in terms of two seconds? Just stir up your spirit as you receive the word. Okay. Shout glory. I'm answering another question from Ernest. Say hello, Pastor. Pastor Prince, I'm Ernest. I have been following your teachings on YouTube. Oh, thank you very much, Ernest. You can follow our teachings on YouTube. Christ World Television. We've taught a lot of things there. Amen. Amen. On YouTube. Thank you, sir. Please, what does one need to do to be continually filled with the Spirit? What does one need to do to be continually filled with the Spirit? Is that not powerful? <laughs> Come on, shout glory. glory. You want to be filled with the Spirit. You want to be filled with the Spirit. You want to be filled with the Spirit. Is that not powerful? You want to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Word. Amen. To be, to be being filled with the Spirit. The scriptures talk about to be being filled with the Spirit. Is that powerful? To be being filled with the Spirit. The scriptures talks about it. It means that you are continually filled with the Spirit. You want to be filled with the Spirit, you need to learn to speak in tongues. You want to be filled with the Spirit or to be continually filled with the Spirit, you need to pray in the Spirit. <laughs> say praying in the Spirit. Say it again. Say praying in the Spirit. So to be continually filled with the Spirit and I'll give you Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 quickly. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? Amen. So to be filled with the Spirit, you must do what? You must meditate on the Word. There is something about the Word of God. I must learn to also pray. To pray in the Spirit. Then be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be what? Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So when you are filled with the Spirit, you speak to yourselves in psalms. You speak to yourself in psalms. You speak in psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. In Psalms. The Lord is the light and my, uh, the light and my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When you are filled with the Spirit, you speak in Psalms. When you want to be more filled, you speak in Psalms. And hymns. 
captain of Zion. All those who live in Christ above, in thy presence we abide. Of thy protection, our strength, thy faith, our rule, thy way, our life, the glory of the. We are just listening. Is that is that is what? Another rendition. A watch in just rendition. Our life is the glory of the Lord. Not, not our end. Our life is God's glory. Now, God's glory. And we are the captain is the captain of all Zionites. We live in Zion now. Captain of Zionites. All those who live in Christ are about. Not all those who seek the land above. No, no, we no. live in Christ. <laughs> and in his presence we abide. The Christian is the one who lives in God's presence. All those who live in Christ above. In thy presence we abide. Of the protection. Our strength, thy grace, our rule, thy way, our life, the glory. Oh, this is Shatalaba, Shatalakataya. We live, we are the, we are, we are the, we are the presence of His glory. Our life is the glory of God. When you say we have died, we have not died in reality. We just departed to continue living. Come on, shout glory. So hymns and spiritual songs. Not all songs are spiritual. But you see, when these things begin to happen, it means we are filled with the Spirit. These are signs of the one who is filled with the Spirit. But if you want to be filled with the Spirit continually, you need to pray in the Spirit. It says that be not drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So that you can be regulated by the Holy Ghost. So that you can be led by the Holy Spirit. So that you can have the fullness of the Spirit that works through you. Is that not powerful? You pray in the Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, we are communicating with God. When we pray in the Spirit, we are having a communion with the Spirit. So we call it praying in the Spirit. We speak in tongues. We do what? We speak in tongues. We speak in tongues. We spend time speaking in tongues. We spend hours speaking in tongues. The more we pray in the Spirit, the more we are having a fellowship with the Spirit. The more we are filled with the Spirit. Until we are full of the Spirit. Until there is an overflow of the Spirit. When there is an overflow, when you sit in car, your car, you get out and somebody sits inside, you will be healed. It's an overflow of His presence. When a person lacks direction and sits in your car and gets direction. The stirrings of the spirit. Your vehicle becomes the abode of the spirit. Through you. Because we are the abode of the spirit. So you want to be filled with the spirit, pray. Spend time praying. 
The time you use to watch television, use it to pray. The time you use for unnecessary conversations, use it to pray. When you are just alone, you just makala katose perekoto poloko. You you create an ambience of the spirit around you. Shout glory. So you pray in the spirit. You can't pray in the spirit without your faith being not being stirred. You can't pray in the spirit without the Holy Ghost bring, not bringing you, bringing your spirit's attention to a particular scripture. You become spiritual. Is that not powerful? And someone, I think the same person who is answering, is asking a question as to whether speaking in tongues is for every Christian. Is that not powerful? Is speaking in tongues for every Christian? Is speaking in tongues for every Christian? Allah Basha. See, speaking in tongues is supposed to be for every Christian. But not all Christians have accepted it. Some say is this, some say is that. But from the scriptures, we know it is for the Christian. And you see, you may be praying to God without necessarily speaking in tongues. But what happens is that you are limited. Why? Because God has given us his own heavenly vocabulary. When you are speaking in tongues, it's a heavenly vocabulary given to us by the Spirit of God to be able to communicate to God. It's a sanctified vocabulary. It's a sanctified language. It's a language that is sanctified. It is a pure and holy language. Our language that we speak as men, all these languages are not pure. They are not holy. Did you catch what I just said? So God in his infinite wisdom has given us a language through which we can communicate to him. A language that only him understands. So when you speak in tongues, it says you are speaking mysteries. That means that you are speaking secrets. It means that you are sharing secrets with God. When you speak in tongues to God, then he speaks to you in your language. Or he speaks to you in tongues and interprets into your spirit. Glory. That is why we can pray for hours. We can pray the whole night. We speak in tongues. We communicate with God the whole night. In the morning, we are on fire. You can try speaking in tongues. Even if you don't like, you don't like it. Just try it for once and see something. <laughs> Shout glory. You see the fire of the spirit burning. You are set aflame. I say that when you speak in tongues for hours and you come up, you can, sh- you can shake anybody. You shake anything. Sometimes your shaking can cause changes. That is super ordinary thing. You are talking about spiritual things. Shout glory. So we speak in tongues. Maybe you are watching me. Your denomination, you don't speak in tongues. We are not against you. No. But there are certain things that you will be limited in. For instance, the scriptures, we do not know how we should pray for as we ought to. So sometimes you don't know how you should even pray. You see, how you should even pray. But I pray for my business. Let there be success in the name of Jesus. I know you are a prayer answering God in the name of Jesus. After 30 minutes, you get tired and you sit down. 
Someone said, does the length of prayer matter? It does. There is something about prayer I can't talk about today. It does. It does. There are a lot of things on prayer. But praying, so if you pray in the Holy Ghost, take advantage of that. Because you stir up spiritual things. You stir up spiritual realities. I had an, an issue some years back when I was going to meet a very senior man years back. And when I went, he saw me and said, he doesn't want to see me. Go, go, go. I don't want to see you. And I left. And it was very important. And I went to the backyard and I spoke in tongues. I spoke in tongues about 30 minutes. Supernatural operations. When I came back to the person, I came. The secretary saw me. said, are you not the same person? A young man, uh, boss says, he doesn't want to see you. And I said, tell boss, I have come back. Ah, Whilst we were talking, the boss came out. He saw me and said, young man, what do you want me to do? Come, 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 come. As if he had forgotten that I was the same person he drove away. <laughs> Shout glory. So it's very important. Our last question, our last question that I would like to answer before we enter some time of prayers and all that is from someone from Spain. Hallelujah. My name is Asante. Asante from Spain. Please, if you have questions, you have the right, you have that privilege to send your questions to our comment section or send it to our number, our number that will be displayed. You can send us, you can even, if you want to even ask a question as I'm talking, you, you, you can call us on this number. Amen. The number will be displayed or be written on the comment section. And you can even place a call. We will answer your call. Take your question and answer it. Come on, shout glory. So the last question I would like to, I hope you are getting blessed. You are hearing certain things. If you have not been praying, our last question is from Asante, like I said, please, can an unbeliever steal the blessings of a Christian by offering a sacrifice as in the case of the king of Moab? This is a powerful question. Can we leave this question to next week? But it's powerful. Let me just answer. Amen. I'm just looking at our time. Child glory, wherever you're watching me from, let us know you are there. If you could shout glory and write glory, comment glory. I'm getting blessed. Let us know you are getting blessed. You have any question? Maybe you don't want to post it on the comment section for us to see in order for others to know. You have the right to send it. Just check the comment section. You will see our 020 number. You can just, the, 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 you can just send us a text message or send us a WhatsApp message or even call. Amen. If you call someone who just pick and then answer. It says that can an unbeliever steal the blessings of a Christian by offering a sacrifice as in the case of the king of Moab? Is that not powerful? powerful. Take us to Second Kings chapter 3. We are talking about verse 27, but we can start reading. You can, because of our time, you can start reading from verse 10. I mean from the first verse. Second Kings chapter. Is that not powerful? Second Kings chapter 3, verse 
We are talking about verse 27, but we can start reading from verse 10. Amen. It says, Can an unbeliever steal the blessings of a Christian by offering a sacrifice as in the case of the king of Moab? Moab. The truth is that no person can steal the Christian's blessings. Did you hear what I just said? No person can steal your blessings when you are born again. The blessings of God is on you. You are identified with the blessings. In fact, the blessing is even not, first of all, is the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Amen. That is on you through the Spirit. So when you have the promise of the Spirit, you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, then the blessing of Abraham is on you. You are blessed, the Bible says, Galatians chapter 3, with faithful Abraham. And because you are blessed, you read throughout the chapters, Galatians chapter 3 and chapter 4, you discover that it talks about the blessing of Abraham that we are a part of. And because of that, we are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. So no person can steal your blessings. If you are not seeing the manifestation of the blessings, it's because of so many factors. Sometimes you are not doing what the word of God tells us to do. Sometimes you are not growing spiritually. And when you are not going spiritually, there are certain kinds of blessings you cannot have access to. You are blessed. But the manifestation of those blessings doesn't come to your hands. Because you are, not, you, are, you are an infant. There are also practices in the kingdom that you must embark on if you want to see the blessings manifest. You see, but when it comes to the issue about offering, and this is very important, I have a teaching on, on the sacrifice that provokes the spirit. And I talk about I talk about some of these things. When an, a believer or a Christian is in a competition with an unbeliever, listen very carefully on something, a job, a promotion, and that unbeliever is consulting idols. His faith is in the idol. If he's giving offerings to the idol, the demons of the idol are working for the unbeliever. True or false? The more he sacrifices to the idol, the more he's fueling the oppression of demons. Demons are real. We are not saying they are not real. Evil spirits are real. They are real spirits working for the kingdom of darkness. We have authority over them as Christians. Did you hear what I just said? But they are very strategic and they work for the devil and on behalf of the kingdom of darkness. When the unbeliever is consulting idol and is offering to idol, the more he offers to idol, the more he's fooling the idols to work for him. So he belongs to the kingdom of darkness and has the backing of demons. A believer, a Christian, should also be a a sacrificial person. A person who loves to give. And this is very important. When you are in a competition and the unbeliever is sacrificing and you are not sacrificing, by our sacrifices, we provoke the oppression of the spirit. By our offerings. Don't let any unbeliever deceive you, the believer. And don't let any man of God deceive you. I've said, I said, 
if a man of God tells you he doesn't take offerings again in his church, he tells you that he is in scriptural error. Listen to me, it's very important. Don't let anybody deceive you. We stand for the truth. We believe the truth. Forget about what people are saying somewhere. If any man of God tells you we don't take offerings again, and he's saying that because he wants the world to heal him, he's in scriptural error. It means that he is subjecting his church members to financial drought. Did you know what I just said? The scriptures say, not Pastor Prince says, the scriptures says, honor the Lord with your substance. So to give your offering is to honor the Lord with your substance. It says, then shall your bands be filled with plenty. So when your man of God says he doesn't need your offerings, it means that he is stopping you, your bands from being filled with plenty. So he may be rich. He may be what? He is stopping your riches. Mm. You know what I just said? So it says, honor the Lord with your substance, so then shall your bands be filled with plenty. Do you want your bands to be filled with plenty? It says, honor the Lord with your substance. With your substance. With not somebody else's substance. With your substance. What you have. As little as, as it may be. One CD is your substance. So if you don't like giving offerings, you don't like to sacrifice, especially your substance towards the kingdom, you see, your giving is an expression of your love to God. Your offerings is an honor to God and an expression of your substance. You must not be coerced to give offerings or to give your substance out to God. To the service of God. Is that not powerful? So when an unbeliever is fueling demons. And you are not fueling the spirit. You are only praying. Prayer will give you certain benefits. Giving will give you certain benefits. So you can get benefits from praying. And you can get benefits from giving. And the scriptures tell us what prayers does. You understand? So the scripture says what prayers do in the life of the Christian. And the scripture also tells us what our givings and our sacrifices do. Is that true or false? He says that do good to all men. Especially those who are of the household of faith. Do good to them. Giving. Is that not giving? It says he that gives sparingly shall reap sparingly. And he that gives bountifully shall give bountiful, bountifully. Is that true? Exactly. Shall reap bountifully. So what you reap is based on what you give. Is that true or false? What is the reaping? The harvest. The harvest could be a, a, a promotion at the workplace. But because you are not giving, you are not getting the promotion. I've said it that Christians who struggle are stingy Christians. The liberal soul, the Bible says, shall be made fat. That's what the Bible says. The liberal soul shall be fattened. Is that true or false? And you see throughout scriptures, it says, He that sows to the spirit shall reap of the spirit, and he that sows to the flesh 
shall reap of the flesh. Is that true? So sacrifices are important. And this is one major example. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 27, verse 10 to 27, or from the, the, the first verse to the 27th verse. You can read it throughout. Very important scripture. Is that not powerful? The Bible says that Cain went to give and Abel went to give. Yet God testified of the gifts that Abel gave. Is that true or false? God testified of the gifts that Abel gave. Is that true or false? Was God interested in the, in the gifts that he gave? Yes, he was. Because it was an honor to him. Before God could swear by himself, somebody had given. Is that true or false? says, by myself have I sworn. Come on, shout glory. So when demons are working for the unbeliever in the workplace, and the Spirit of God is not working through you because of your non-giving attitude, the unbeliever will take that position whilst you, the Christian, will be sitting down. Unbelievers seem to sacrifice to demons more than Christians give to God, the Almighty. Is that not powerful? So what he said is very, very important. It's very important. Second, we are reading Second Kings chapter 3 from verse 10. And this has to do with the king of, let me just, let me just, let me just summarize it for us. Amen. Let me just summarize it for us. I want you to follow what I'm saying. I want you to follow what I'm saying. Just speak in tongues wherever you are. Before we go to this scripture, just speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. Mashados. Veledi Valagados. Mangosh Ata Kapalatos Ataya. Just speak in tongues. Oh, Le Valados. Lingosh Kabala Bongos. Jesus, Maladada, Manta Kabalabasata, 
من تکه بالا بانگوش که بالا بروش من تکه بالا بانگوش کپالا دوش لیده بگو شده بلانگوش که بلگرش ماته شتو پودی سده بها If you don't speak in tongues, just worship the name of the Lord. Thank Him for His kindness. Thank Him for His word that is coming to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Kabbalah Boshata. Mantos Kabbalah Bongos, Kabbalah Gadu. Just thank Him for His kindness. Thank Him for His word that is coming to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Believe Allah Dosha. Mantos Kabbalah Boshata. Man takabolondo adabaya. Man teke bolobongo skobolobostata. Ligo skoboloboko skontelegere. Mango skoboloboko skontelebelegere. Ligo adabahaya. Man takabolobongo skobolobostindelegere. Man takabolobongo skapalagadush. Maladush kobolobongo skapalagadush. Lide vosobondos ebelegeresh. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 27. It says, Then he took his eldest son, that should have reigned in his stead, and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. This is a very powerful scripture. Now, the king of Israel and Edom and Judah had gone to war against a particular king. Go to verse 10. How I wish we could read all. If you are watching me, just write that scripture down. Second Kings chapter 3 from the first verse. And the king of Israel said, at last, that the Lord has called these three kings together. Start from verse 9. Oh, is that not powerful? It's powerful. It's very important. If you're a Christian, be a giving Christian. Be a giving Christian. Be a giving Christian. There are things that will only happen in your life when you give. There are things you can pray, you can fast, you can do all, all kinds of things, confess, but they never happen. They only happen when you give. You give your substance as an offering. You are offering it unto God. You said the man of God is the one holding it. It's an offering unto God. God glory. glory. So the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they fetched a compass of seven days journey and there was no water for the host. Come on shout glory. glory. And for the cattle that followed them. Go to verse 10. Verse 10. And the king of Israel said, Alas, the king of Israel. These were three kings coming against one king. They had mobilized themselves. And this is what even, this is one of the reasons why, this is the only reason I've seen in the scriptures up to now that prophecies somehow can be altered. This scripture. It says, And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of the Moab king, or the king of Moab, uh-huh. verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, 
Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to Elisha. Verse 13. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father. He was referring to the king of Israel. Because the king of Israel was worshipping idol at that time. They've descended God and were worshipping idol. And to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of, of Moab. Mm-hmm. Verse 14. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, that is Elisha the prophet, before whom I stand, that's verse 14. Surely, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I will not look toward thee, nor see thee. Go to verse 15. But now, this is the prophet, bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass, when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon the prophet Elisha. Verse 16, quickly. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. Verse 16. Make this valley full of ditches, pits. For thus saith the Lord, you shall, because they were after water. So he said, you shall not see rain. You shall not see wind. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both you and your cattle and your beasts. That's what the prophet said. And said, and this is but a lightning in the sight of the Lord. So he says, make ditches, ditches or pits. There will not be rain. That's the prophet. They will not be due. Yet those ditches you have made will be full of water. Without rain. Just make pits. Is God not powerful? Then he continued by saying, and this is but a lightning in the sight of the Lord. Then the prophet prophesied. He says, and the Lord will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. That's the, the prophet's prophecy. And you shall smite every fine city and every choice city. And you shall fell every good tree and stop all wells of water in Moab and mar every good piece of land with stones. Meaning that God had given them or God had placed the Moabites into this three, the hands of these three kings according to the prophecy of Elisha. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? Are you following me? Should I continue? Yes, sir. And it came to pass in the morning. This is how it happened, the miracle. When the meat offering was offered, that behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. Supernaturally. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they, this verse 21, the Moabites were the enemies. And the prophet had prophesied, that these three kings will win the battle. Think, look at it. And had proven that prophecy with a sign, a miracle, such that they had made ditches, 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 and pits. There was no rain, there was no wind, yet the next morning, the ditches were full of water for the camels and all the other people to drink. Isn't that powerful? So they believed the prophecy. So when all the Moabites also heard that the kings had come up against them, then they gathered all that were able to put on armor. 
and upward and stood in the border to fight. They gathered all their people. And they rose up early in the morning and the sun shone upon the water. This God's miraculous signs. The sun shone on the water. And the Moabites, these were the enemies, were made by God to see. The Moabites saw the water on the side as red as blood. So even though there was no blood in the water, the enemies saw blood in the water. And they said, this is blood. The kings are surely slain. And they have smitten one another. That's what the enemies thought. The Moabites, they say, oh, the Israelites and the, the king of Israel and his people, his, his team, the king of Edom and Judah, they fought themselves. Because God supernaturally did that. Because the prophet had prophesied. Think about it. So all the all road led to victory. They could see victory in front of them. With all these signs, they believed that they were victorious. They had defeated the Moabites already. And they said, this is blood. Now therefore, go to verse 24, quickly. And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote them. So that they fled before the Israelites. And, but they went forward smiting the Moabites even in their country. So they pushed the Moabites into their country and started killing them. According to the prophecy of the man of God, Elisha, backed by miracles. Is that true? And when they came to the camp of Israel, they went forward. Go to verse 25 because of our time. And they beat down the cities. And on every good piece of land, cast every man his stone. They beat the cities, according to the prophecies. And filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water, according to the prophecy. And felled all the good trees, according to the prophecy. Only in Karaset left they the stones thereof. How be it, the slingers went about it and smote it. Go to verse 26 and let's see something. Hallelujah. Shout glory. glory. So this is the, the question Stephen is asking. This, and when the king of Moab, the enemy, all the all things were against him. All odds. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he saw that the battle was too sore for him. He couldn't win the battle. Kalabasata. The Bible says he took with him 700 men that drew swords to break through onto the king of Edom, but they could not. This is a battle. So they were breaking through to fight, but they could not. Then he took, when he saw that he could not break through and was going to be defeated and slain and all that, the Bible says the battle did not end. The Israelites started winning. But the battle did not end. Fierce battle. Says, then he took his elder, the king of Moab, the one the prophecy was against, not for, was against. The prophecy was against him. The battle was against him. He was losing. He couldn't break through. Then he took his eldest son. The Bible says, he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead. His eldest son. That was his precious thing. The one who should have reigned on his behalf. Did you hear what I just said? He did not take an animal to give. 
kata. There are things that happen when you give. In fact, there are things that happen when you sacrifice. There's a difference between giving and sacrifice. When you sacrifice, you do what is impossible. He took his only son. The one who should have reigned on his behalf, the Bible says. And offered him, made him an offering. Just like God gave his only son as an offering. Just like Abraham took his only son and gave him as an offering. The Bible says he received him in a figure. Is that not true? When Abraham offered that only son, the Bible says that when he was about to offer, the angel said, Stop! Now I know you fear me. Abraham has been working with God all these years. God told Abraham, he says, leave your father's house. He left. Abraham had gone through a lot of things for many years. God had promised him a son. The son had not come. The son now came and God said, go and sacrifice. All these years of working with God, didn't God know that Abraham feared him? He took the sacrifice of Abraham to prove to God that he feared him. Think about it. He says, now I know that you fear me. By myself have I sworn that in blessing I'll bless you. God swore. Hebrews, oh, Paul by revelation, giving it to us, revealing to us in Hebrews. Hebrews, He says that because God could not swear by anything greater than him, he swore by himself. That in blessing I will bless you. Are we not the seed of Abraham? So he took his only son as a burnt offering and offered him upon the wall. He took him and slay him on the wall as a sacrifice. This is a man who was not a Jew. Did not have a covenant with God. You know what I just said? But he understood sacrifices. Because he had been sacrificing to his gods. To the point where he was not sacrificing, sacrificing this to God Almighty. He was sacrificing this to his gods. But when God Almighty, who was behind the Israelites, and fulfilling prophecies, and making sure that the Israelites come out victorious, according to the same word he had given to the prophet to speak, the same God, think about it, the prophet prophesied through God, through the Spirit. you understand? Then they are winning the battle. God wouldn't have considered the sacrifice of the other person. Would he have? No. But the Bible says that after he sacrificed his only son, not to God Almighty, and there was great indignation all of a sudden, the God that was fighting with the Israelites turned against the Israelites. When God saw the sacrifice of the enemy, how greater it was than that of the Jews, his own people, he turned against his own people. The Bible says, and there was great indignation. Great what? So sometimes I say Christians are joking. You are now contemplating on your givings. One of the major reasons why it looks like we talk about the blessings of Abraham on the church. Yet we do not see the blessings of Abraham as compared to Abraham himself. When Abraham was old, the Bible says that he was old in years. He did not die at the age of 50. In years. And the Lord had blessed him in all things. Even his eyes was not dim. He could still see. 
over 100 years. The Bible says he had, God had blessed him in what? In all things. So we talk about the blessings of Abraham. People don't see, they say, oh, the man of God is the one. No! Because Christians are not walking in the understanding that they should walk in. This is the sacrifice of an unbeliever that has provoked an indignation against the believer. You were saying it this time. So an unbeliever can't take your blessing because this young, this person did not take their blessings. Did he take their blessings? No. It's just that his sacrifice prevented them from going further. So they remain stagnant. Somebody is sacrificing human spare parts to get a promotion. You are now contemplating on what people are saying outside concerning your sacrifice. As a Christian. The Christian is a giver. You cannot be identified with the Lord Jesus who gave all and you can't give. The Bible says, what do you have that you did not receive? Is this not powerful? And what do you have now that you take with you when you are dead? So we are called to be kingdom financiers to see the spread of the gospel. It is the responsibility of a Christian to look at his man of God and put him on one television station for his message to go. That is, that is a sacrifice. When they are hearing the voice of the man of God, they are hearing the word of God through the man of God. Will God not get angry and be blessing you? You won't give to that. You won't do that. Yet you talk against it. Then you are wondering why things are delaying. Why the unbeliever is becoming successful and the believer is not successful. The unbeliever is consulting his idols with bigger sacrifice. You are coming to God to honor him with nothing. And yet, to complain. Come on, shout glory. glory. Let me explain to my viewers. The gospel that you see like that, the gospel that we preach like that, until you are a minister of the gospel, until you are part of the administration of, 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 of a church, you do not know what goes into it. Come on, shout glory. glory. A lot of things go into this thing. A lot of money. Amen. Amen. It takes money to buy buses to convey people to church. Yeah. You can sit down in your room and check how much a bus costs. It's good you ask this question. One bus cost. How much does a coaster cost? Coaster. How much does 50 of that cost? How much does it cost to be on a, t- a television station? How much does it cost to be on five television stations? You can do inquiries. So it takes money to do it. So if you wouldn't give to a man of God, don't talk against him. Don't, don't do things that will make you stay at one place for a long time. And that's why how come I taught the sacrifice that provokes the spirit. Cain gave. Abel gave. God took notice of Abel's own. And the Bible says God testified. God gave a testimony. Of the sacrifice of Abel. God himself did it. Not a man of God. If a man of God had given testimony. It was God himself. That gave a testimony. Of Abel's sacrifice. Come on shout glory. glory. There are certain levels. That you cannot climb to. If you are not 
a person who, who, is, who is given to sacrifice. There are levels of financial increase you can get to. And even if you are not a giver, when the Spirit of God wants to release blessings into your life, He releases it bit by bit. Because when it comes plenty, you will misuse it. Because you don't know the purpose for which those blessings are coming. I've said it before. I said that your money that you have has meaning in the sight of God when you are a giver. Your income has meaning. What do you give on? You give on your income. What do you give on? You give on your profits. Is that not powerful? So if you are in a competition with an unbeliever that you know is consulting idols, then strengthen your giving. Amen. One man of God said something very powerful. He said that if you've been having dreams or dreams and you, every time you have dreams, you, you, you are dead or you have dreams, people are dying in the family. Go and ask for the price of a coffin. And when they say the coffin, the price is 3,000 Ghana cities, you take that 3,000 Ghana cities and come to an altar that you believe in and drop it and pray. May this altar speak for me. Instead of looking for breaking, break the spirit of death. Break the spirit of death. Come on, shout glory. Is that not powerful? See, that is the reason why unbelievers sometimes seem to, because they are, they are afraid that if they don't sacrifice, they will die. Christianity, you don't sacrifice. You can even make a pledge. Many people make pledges and they don't redeem their pledges. Do they die? Don't. You wouldn't die, but you would be under judgment. Where the next phase of your life, there is delay. And you don't understand, why do I, am I experiencing delay as a Christian? I have been prayed for, I have been anointed, I have fasted, I have bath water, I have bath this, I'm experiencing delay. Because when God blessed you the first one, you never did anything tangible for his kingdom. Now you want another one, promotion, and you are there. The spirit of the Lord, the Bible says the eye of the Lord moved to and fro. To and fro. Come on, shout glory. glory. If you are watching me this evening, be a giver in your church. Be a giver. It's very important. Amen. Be a liberal soul. Amen. It's very important. Wherever you are, can you just lift up your voice? You are bringing it to an end. Thank you very much for your questions. Thank you for your questions. Oh, Zebaladosh. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? So lift up your voice wherever you are. Kalabashatakosha. Muntaka pare tesi frato sepe ligush. Mantoko polongosh abalaga. Lugo shakapale tosi palagadosh. Mantabalabashataba. Wherever you are watching us from, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I can see a lot of you have joined in. Share, comment, let us know you are there. Halabashata. Mingo shonto kobolo bongo Mantele bolo bongo shkabala basentele belegeresh. Malego shondo lo bolo bongo shkabala basondele belegeresh. Leke bolo bongo shkabala basontele bolo bongo shkabala gadosh. Mantaka bolo dosh de belegeresh. 
Man takabo shendele bolobongo skipelegedish. Man takabolo dosha. Wherever you are, just pray in the Holy Ghost. You can pray in the Holy Ghost. If you don't speak in tongues, you can just worship the name of the Lord. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His kindness. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank Him for His word. Oh, shata kobolobo shata. Mantakapolobo Sunday. Thank you. Ledege shada bongo shkabalabasata. Mantakabolo bongo skibelebesintelegedesh. Mantokobolobo shata. Ligo shate belegesha. Lengo shkobolobo kosuntelebelegedesh. Oh, thank you for watching us. I see Charles. Charles is watching us. God bless you. God increase you for joining in. God increase you for joining in, for joining in. God increase you. May every heart desire of yours be granted in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. God is awesome. Mighty things are taking place in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray for you. I pray for you wherever you are watching us from. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That the eye of your understanding will be enlightened. In the name of Jesus. That you walk in the understanding of scriptures. Understanding of the will of God. That the Spirit of God will cause you to do His will. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I bless you. May the power of God come upon you. Wherever you are watching from, in the name of Jesus, we cancel financial struggles in your life. In the name of Jesus, we release your wealth. We connect you to your wealth. In the name of Jesus, may you receive financial helpers. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Malabashataha. Minto kopolobosunte elegedesh. Ligo shoprondos ebelegedesh. Meligo shata pralagadosh. Wherever you are watching from, I want to hear you. I want to see you comment. I want to see you comment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to hear your comment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I can see a question from Ankara. Shumasi Ankara. Shumasi Ankara. Very powerful question. If you have your question, you are watching us, you can just send us a live question. Maybe I'll answer this question, last one, because it has to do with the, my last answer before we close. 
But I pray for all my viewers. I see Jane. God bless you for joining. I see Jane in the name of Jesus. If you are there, let us know you are there. Just comment. Let us know you are there. You can put what you've heard so far there. And you will know you are there with us in the name of Jesus. It is that the churches or pastors receiving the substances important to any pastor is okay. Giving in the buses and staffs. Let me know, man of God. You can give to any pastor, but you give to your pastor. One of the best things you can do is to support the ministry you belong to and support the pastor who is nourishing you in your word, in the word. The Bible says that we should be givers to those who, or we should honor those who are faithful in the word, in doctrine and in the word. So there are men that God has sent over us and they are nourishing us in the word of God, giving us the word of God every time. You give to them. You give to their ministries. You nourish them. You see, and as a Christian, you should be under, you should be in a particular ministry and under a particular shepherd. It's very important. It is that shepherd that, that oversees your growth. And the Bible calls him an overseer of your growth and the person that will give an account of you to God. So all pastors are going to give an account of their sheep of their people, their congregation, one after the other, to God. And that is why we have that responsibility to minister the word to you and to monitor your growth spiritually, your growth financially, and to educate you spiritually so that you can live for the Lord Jesus. Because, because we are going to be accounting on your behalf. So if there is a ministry you belong to, you give towards the ministry. Sometimes you can give towards a ministry also, as you are led by the Spirit, that is being a blessing to you. Okay. Like you are talking about a bus. Sometimes you can be in a bus, and you can see one of us, one of the pastors, preaching, and you can see that this person is preaching sincerely from the heart, and winning souls in the bus, because people must preach in the bus. Yes, Not all of us will preach in a church auditorium. Okay. There are a lot of people in the system, I know. But as you are led by the Spirit... You can bless that man of God. Sometimes some of them don't even have transport to go back home. But they have to do what they have been called to do. Amen. God is the supplier. He can supply even through a tree. Amen. But once you are there and you are led by the Spirit to give, you also give to the person. So you support ministries that you think you can support. You look at ministries that are doing good and then you support them. And you, your giving is done by faith. You give believing that the rewarder will reward you bountifully. Amen. 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 So it's very, it's very important. You give you help. The scriptures even talk about men of God. And it talks about you ministers. Paul said in Corinthians, to the Corinthians, Jesus, if I have ministered to you spiritual things, is it, is it of anything if you minister to me your material things? So Paul talked about it. So even giving to your man of God, your man of God, giving to him is part of giving. Amen. Giving to the poor is part of giving. Amen. Giving to the ones in church who you know have needs is part of giving. Amen. Amen. 
But the scripture admonishes that you give to the ones who are of the household of faith first. And that is very important before you take it outside. So it's very important. You can give to the widow, give to the fatherless, give to all of that. It's very important. But your number one giving is giving in the house of God. Giving towards the spread of the gospel. Pushing the man of God you are under. And blessing your man of God for ministering the word of God to you so that you can apply it and see changes. It's very important. So it depends on how you are led by the spirit when it comes to those that you are not familiar with. Those in buses, some are the market places, and all that. You see, it's very important. You can support them the best you can, and God will also bless you. Amen. I always say that when we get to heaven, we are going to be full of surprises. You'll be shocked that it may even be that the man of God with the highest congregation is not the one who will get the highest reward. Amen. It could be the one, look at how Jesus judged the giving. The widow who gave her all, yet was small. And those who had plenty and gave something. Jesus said the widow has given much. God's judgment is different. Amen. But the, it says, let the elder, elders that rule well be counted of double honor. You see, the elders that rule well. So there are elders, bishops, pastors, that overseers that rule well. It's let them be counted of double honor, especially those who labor in the word. Is that what it says? That's what the scriptures say. Especially those who labor. So you learn to honor those who labor in the word. Amen. Amen. So, Anka, that is it. God bless you for your question. God bless you for your question. God bless you. I can see Charles. I can see Stephanie. God bless you for joining in. Now, God bless you. God increase you. God bless you. God bless you. One of the... Uh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I see somebody. Sally, God bless you. Amen. It's very important. It's very important. It's very important. It's very important. Is that not powerful? It's very powerful. It's very important. So, God bless you for joining in today. May the Lord increase you. Whatever your desire is, may the Lord grant it to you. By the power of the Spirit, I speak into your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May the Lord increase you all. Receive it. Receive these prayers as I speak to you. Receive it. As I bless you, receive it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 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 Moltashente kolovu shaprandes ebeligadosh. Mantele bolo bongoski bolo boko sontele belegeris. Manto kobolo bongoski balabashataya. Manta kobolongos ebelengoske bele bongoski belegeris. Manto kobolo bongoske bele bongoska balagadus. Manta kabolo boshonde ele belegeris. Leke bolo bongoska balabasindele belegeris. Manta kabalabo. Amen. Before I end, Ankara, I can see your comment again. I can see your comment again. You said those fake prophets as well. Does the substance speak for the giver? If it is given to fake prophets. 
because they are duping the people. Ankara, giving is by faith. Giving is by faith. You give by faith. That's what I'm talking about. You being under a particular ministry. It's very important. I think that one of the reasons why these things happen, they are fake prophets. And in one of my answers, you can check it. I talked about the difference between genuine prophets and fake prophets. You see, one of the best ways to save yourself is to stay under your man of God. You see, most Christians move from place to place. You cannot have 30 pastors. You cannot have 15 pastors. You see, you can have plenty instructors. Is that true? But one father. So you should have a father. You can have many instructors, but you have one father that you speak to, that you minister to, that you talk to, that you can relate with, whose message you can relate with is very important so that you can save yourself. Nobody, and this is very important, no one can, can stop the, 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 the emergence of false prophets. Because no man prophesied that false prophets will come. It was God who said it. Amen. Amen. And God even said there will be false Christ. So trying to fight false prophets, trying to identify someone as false prophet, is not your work as a Christian. God has not given any Christian that responsibility. He spoke about it and he said, he said, uh, he is the one who will judge. He's called the righteous judge. Amen. 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 There are people we may identify as fake and false that may not necessarily be false but may have wrong doctrines. Mm -hmm. Then we have people to that may identify as correct that when Jesus is judging he may say no, this one is false. Is that not true? So there are a lot of things in the scriptures. But for us not to prolong this thing I think that you stay under one spiritual father, one spiritual umbrella, you may have instructors, you see, and you check a lot of things. You can check my video, my answer on false prophets and genuine prophets. I highlighted about five reasons, five main ways to know that. It's very important. But if you give in the house of God, you receive reward. You see, it's not only in the giving. There are a lot of things involved. You give, you grow spiritually. You make the right confessions. You serve in the house of God. They are all things we do as Christians. But all these things come when you are under. So thank you very much for your question, Anka. For your question. I would advise you that don't stay with false prophets and identifying them as false. Amen. Amen. But stay with the ones you know they are genuine. And leave the rest to God. The scripture says, who are you to judge another man's servant? There are people who are genuinely called into ministry, but at the point in time, they become puffed up. Are genuinely called. And what we see are those pride being displayed and all that. So, I'll just advise you that don't, 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 if you want to give, Give and let God bless you. You see, and leave the rest to Him to judge. Amen. 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 It's very important. So, thank you for joining us today. I see, I see, I see Obed is, Obed is, 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 is here. If you are there, just comment and let us know you are there. 
and know God is going to bless you. Amen. Amen. So on this note, we bring the curtains to an end. I pray for each one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus that your expectations will not be cut off. Under the same Holy Spirit, the auspices of the Spirit, under this grace, may the power of God visit you in your home. Wherever you are watching from, may the power of God visit you. May whatever your struggles are, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we clear it from your path. We speak into your lives. We release God's glory. We release the manifestation of God's word. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. And you have access to more of our questions that we've answered on YouTube, Christ World Television, and on our Facebook page where you are. And God is going to bless you. We have programs coming. Join us. And, and I know that the power of God is going to touch you and you are going to testify. Join us every Sunday also as we bring the undiluted word of God to you. And you walk in the understanding. We started a series. We began a series on faith. And you will do well to join us even as we continue that series. And be a doer of the word. Act on God's word. And you will see results. Be prayerful. Have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And you see the mighty hand of God working in your life. Thank you for joining us today. And God bless you. Amen. Doesn't matter.